0: Hi everybody and welcome to this Hunt Harvest Health episode. Today we are going to be answering questions that we get asked on a daily basis and Ryan and I went through our emails, Instagram, and we are going to be answering some of those questions for you today on this podcast. Before we start talking about that, I just wanted to make a few announcements. Uh, Next week, uh, February 16th, through the 20th, we are going to be in Salt Lake City at the Western Hunting Expo. We don't have a booth or anything, but we're going to be there walking around, meeting people, probably doing some podcasting at some point. And so we just uh, wanted to make that announcement. If you uh, see us there, please come up and say hi. We'd love to meet meet you. So that's next week. Uh, the second announcement is Ryan is actually going to be part of a hunting seminar in Tacoma um, slash Fife, Washington at Sportco. This is going to be a full day seminar from 10 to 3 a.m. And they're going to be doing. Yeah,
1: oh. that would be an early seminar. I'm not up for that. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how many folks are going to show up to that seminar at three in the morning but.
0: okay 10 a.m to 3 p.m yeah. they're going to be given uh gear discounts they're also going to be given some gear giveaways and ryan's going to be there talking on hunting deer and elk in the washington backcountry he'll be there with joey Pyvern talking that subject there um the other guests will be Jason Phelps will be there. Jason Brooks will be there.
1: Travis Smith.
0: Travis Smith will be there. And it's sponsored by 710 ESPN, the Outdoor Line, and yep. Sport Co. So make sure to put that on your calendar for April 1st, where you can actually see Ryan talking on <laughs> Look, the I'm going
1: there to see Jason Phelps talk. So um, that that's what I'm going to get out of it. Yep. Watch these other guys talk. It's going to be good
0: there's our announcements. Now let's get into our questions. We uh, we have about uh, six questions today we're going to answer. Um, and we're going to start with Ryan's favorite question. So honey, tell me, mm-hmm. what is the number one question you get asked on Instagram? <laughs> um,
1: my favorite question or when I get asked a lot because... Uh...
0: Oh, what is the number one question <clears throat> since you started your Instagram page that <clears throat> you get asked?
1: Um probably probably well, uh, okay. So, this will not be my favorite question. This is a question I get asked all the time, but uh so where where do you hunt? Where do you go? Uh are you here? Are you there? I get that question in so many different forms all the time and it and it, it never ends it always pops up like uh hey are you hunting this wilderness or are you hunting that wilderness or are you in this area of the state or whatever um yeah i always answer that question but um i'll be honest usually i'm a pretty honest guy overall but yeah. with that question i'm not honest i i'll I'll admit that right now, I am a liar when it comes to uh, you know telling telling where I hunt or spots or whatever. And I think everybody is. Everybody should be. Um, I think I think spots need to be found on your own, not uh, not doled out, you know, not given. So, yeah, that's probably my least favorite question, but it's one I get asked all the time in so many different ways too. It's like, hey, so um, are you hunting? Are you hunting blah 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 Ridge? Uh, what do you know about that? and sometimes i'll say oh yeah sure yep yeah right there by that big burn right yeah yep and so um i don't know i just think it's it's a question that the hunters get all the time and it's kind of laughable that people even ask it anymore because they never get a straight answer if they do it's not right it's not correct answer it's just a it's just a decoy answer
0: do you think that <laughs> do you think it's a bit of a rookie question do you think it's a lot of young hunters asking that or are people always continuously uh, trying to figure it out whether they're rookies or not
1: uh, probably everybody i think i think young maybe more so because they're looking for a spot they're looking for a little secret or tip or whatever but i think everybody um you know all ages they, they'll ask that question and and nobody wants to give up their spot and they shouldn't they shouldn't feel like they have to or they, they shouldn't even even, you know, allow that to to bother them if they don't answer it honestly because um it's just one of those things. Nobody gives up their spot and you shouldn't have to. You put all these all this time in and boots on the ground and, and figured out that this is a spot that you've you've worked your tail off to find and you know, it it only takes a few other folks knowing about it and then it's gonna get blown up, so um, Yeah. I don't know. I think everybody, fishermen are the same way. They're not going to give up their spot for anything, but, uh, yeah, if you have that question, don't even ask it. It's, it's just laughable. Don't ever ask somebody where they hunt. Don't ever ask somebody where they fish. Um, you know, and if you do ask that question, don't expect to get a good answer. (laughs) Or if you do get a good answer, take it with a grain of salt because it's probably not the right answer.
0: I'm kind of shocked when I was looking at Ryan last night, we're looking at questions that we were going to answer for this podcast. And he's like, look at my Instagram messages. And just he's just going through and through and through and through. And he says, look at all these questions about people asking me where I hunt. And he says, I've probably spent hours responding, even though they're not truthful answers. Some of them are just said, oh, yeah, that's great. I didn't even give them an answer but the amount of time he has spent reading these questions and writing it he's just like that's it like, well i've got I'm some go- i've
1: got some go-to wilderness areas that i'll throw in there for folks um you know areas i don't hunt but i'll throw them out there sure they'll ask are you in this area are you in this this wilderness and i'll say sure <laughs> or yeah or my favorite one that i say is Shh, like don't don't tell right that's a good one um I don't know. It's probably pretty mean because I think, you know, they're... they're well, maybe you're giving somebody a about.
0: great hunting spot that they haven't figured out like yet. Even these, though it's not yours, they're getting a great hunting spot.
1: <laughs> they are. Every every wilderness area we've got here in Washington, or most in the Northwest, you you got great areas in there. You got areas to look at. Um, just, just expect to go out and, and do the work yourself, so... Yeah, I I think uh, I'm not really steering them down the wrong path because if they go to this such and such wilderness where I kind of said okay yeah sure I've hunted there, um, yeah they, if they go in there they they're by all means they can find great areas in in any of our wilderness areas or pretty much all wilderness areas in the northwest here. So
0: okay, so don't feel bad if you've asked him this question before and you're getting scolded right now because. Every picture that I post on the website, every article that I write or anything that I do, I am, uh, he edits it for making sure there's nothing to give up. So this is, I'm, I've also gotten scolded for this many times cause I didn't understand this, this, this rule. And so it's like, you can't put that picture there. And I'm like, it's a great picture. No, 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 no. Somebody will know that ridge. And I'm going, really? Really? people pay attention that closely so uh i've been scolded for this numerous times and we just decided to put it out there to let you know that if you do ask that question and you get a response from ryan you probably should know that it's not
1: well it's it's not, in, not this shouldn't even be about me this is just about you know <laughs> young guys when you're going up and talking to folks don't don't ask specifics like where um just get generalities get general areas um, you know, and then just kind of know what you're looking for and, and where you need to be, what kind of elevation you need to get, and, and that should give you a great starting point. But um, you're going to get a whole lot out of, more out of it if if you go out and work and find it yourself. I I I know I did. I I wasn't just handed these certain areas. And you know, we're we're always finding new areas. We're always finding great new spots. We don't we don't go to the same spot every year by any stretch. So they're out there. Um, just don't, I, I just think, uh, you know, yeah, maybe it is more the, the younger guys. They're looking for that shortcut. Um, maybe they don't have the time or whatever, but, uh, it's gonna, it's gonna feel a lot better when you, when you found it yourself, um, found a little hidey hole or, or whatever. It's
0: yourself. just a lot of work. You know, you've been yep. doing this for, you know, almost 30 years. It's not something that you just top on a spot and you get like right away, you start getting animals like you do this is hard work. It takes a lot of years to figure things out. So I think in today's day and age, people want the quick fix and they want to know. And uh, sorry, it's just hard work. That's just how it is. Yeah,
1: I mean, just think about it like, you know, guys get nice animals all across the state, you know, in every wilderness area in all these national forests. And um, it's just on you to find out, you know, get your technique down and and have the right gear and and have a game plan. But, uh, yeah, just just go out and do it yourself and and figure it out. Really, it's all you can do more experiences the better and and take the time
0: cool okay so let's answer another question um this question is from scott in california he asks about predators have you ever been confronted with a predator at night either on a hunting trip or not on a hunting trip okay we I we've gotten quite a few questions on predators, mainly bears. Ryan will be doing a podcast, a whole podcast on bears because we get a lot of questions on that. But I can I could answer this question with you uh, uh, where we've been confronted by a predator uh, in the dark on a hiking trip. Yeah, we... I don't know on a hunting trip if you've been confronted by a predator that you weren't hunting.
1: Yeah, we've we've had. You, you're just going to have encounters out there. They're all pretty tame encounters. Um, if you spend a lot of time out in the woods, you know cougars may maybe not. They're pretty leery. Um, yeah, they may be around you all the time, but you just don't see them. They're really uh, really sneaky. So, you know, when you got a layer of snow, you realize, wow, there's there's some cats out here, and I had no idea. So they're probably watching you go up the trail. But yeah, um, let's that tell that. More, let's more tell that story.
0: So we were. We were back in the wilderness. We, we went in for what was going to be like a two or well, three day hike. Yeah, and we were going
1: to go in and, and go into... It was summer. Yeah.
0: It was summer. We were dressed in summer clothes. We went in and it was warm.
1: It was late August.
0: Yeah. We ended up having to hike out the same day because it started snowing, like a lot of snow. And I we had no snow gear. We, we were, were not prepared. We
1: were about seven miles in late August. Yeah, um, yeah, just kind of a scouting slash hiking camping trip, and we got this wicked snowstorm that came in, and it just threw down. I and mean, we just got to where I wanted to get, and lo and behold, it just turned gray, and it just came in. <laughs> it and snowed came in a lot. Fast. Yeah, so it dumped, and so uh, first we were just gonna kind of deal with it back there, and then we realized, yeah, you know, it's probably better that we just kind of go ahead and get out of here. It it looked socked in for. It was going to be there for a while. And, and sure enough, that was probably a pretty good plan because it, it threw down some quite a few inches that night.
0: So we ended up hiking back. It was getting dark. Obviously, we hadn't planned to ha- hike out in the dark, but because we turned around, uh, we were hiking in the dark. And <clears throat> we weren't that prepared for it either because we were going to stay the night. We didn't think about it. We only had one headlamp. Ryan had a headlamp. And we had this little tiny yeah. like, mag light thing. I was like.
1: Yeah, mind you, this was. Uh... How many years ago? This is 20 years ago. This is a uh, long it's time probably ago. Probably like yeah,
0: 17, 18 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. The so,
1: headlamps were bulky back then. Yeah, were small. <laughs> we <laughs> had this little
0: skinny. It was just a tiny little flashlight that we'd use. You know, you'd take it to the bathroom when you come out of your tent or something. It it wasn't like a headla- headlamp. And uh, I was in the front. We both had big packs on our back. Uh, we were... Ryan was behind me. Ryan did have his shotgun. Rifle. I mean rifle and i we also had a 22 for shooting grouse and stuff we it was that little it was the gun that i had on the back of my backpack it was
1: uh we were just we were just having it for target practice or yeah it was not
0: it was like it was not a big deal and i he, he he had that strapped to the back of my backpack and then he was behind me and I had the headlamp on because I was in the front, and we had just kind of crossed the creek and we were going up this long string of switchbacks, which was the last switchbacks before we got to our truck. So I don't know how many miles it was, like was it to the truck?
1: Two miles back to the truck.
0: Okay, so two miles. And the switchbacks there, uh, as we were walking up the switchbacks, there was a, a ridge off to our left. So basically, it was like a little cliff thing, right? And the switchbacks went under it and then back and forth. And we were. I mean, our truck was 40 miles from a town, so we were very far away from any motor vehicles out there. I had the headlamp on, I was looking down at the ground, and Ryan literally had just made a comment about cougars or something jumping on our back with these backpacks and he was (laughs) trying to scare me you know and it was dark I I was was
1: explaining how cougars attack people so how cougars
0: attack you a deer is they jump off something onto your back or they jump out of a tree and this is how they get deer and I'm going great okay you know we're just talking I'm not even really you know thinking of that and I am probably not
1: even listening to me probably
0: not I look up And I go, oh, that's weird. I think to myself, up on the left ridge, like up above us, which looked like it would have been a tree, it looked like headlights, literally like truck headlights. And I go, oh, that's weird. We're nowhere near a road. It kind of looked off in the distance. So I put my head down and then I put my head back up in the exact same spot. And all of a sudden, the headlights were down to the right below us. And I, I just stopped. Oh, oh, my gosh. I was like, Ryan, oh, my gosh. What is that? What is that? And I'm just, this, this cat or, you know, what it was, is literally staring at me, not moving. I can see his eyes looking right at my light and I was, <laughs> Ryan, 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 I think it's a cat. And he's like, give me the headlamp, give me the headlamp, you know, well, so no, he takes the I'd, headlamp.
1: I, well, I had a light behind you, but I looked around your shoulder and I'm looking at like the main beam of your, your light oh. and it's, it's on the trail and I'm looking I'm like, she's looking at rocks, you know, I don't see anything. Well, then I kind of panned up and, you know, up in the kind of the peripheral of that light. Um, yeah, there was a, a cat standing there, big old cougar standing right on the trail.
0: And we couldn't actually see his body. So it was dark. You could just yeah. see his eyes. And then his eyes like disappeared below us. Well, so, he
1: slinked off the trail. And yeah. You could see so I think we we're
0: on a switchback. He was slaying up on this ridge, literally almost. He, he was like going to jump on our backs like a deer. And then he went across the trail in front of us didn't even see him and then he was below us and then he disappeared and i literally have never been so scared in the dark in my life so he takes the lamp from me he has his rifle with a scope on it and uh i just stood behind him like holding on to his backpack and he he checked so the lamp, and
1: well, I just I just wanted to kind of pick it up. I wanted to kind of see if I could see it down there off the trail, and it was a bunch of dead falls everywhere. So, um, yeah, I got the light down there, and I got the beam on it. It it actually sl- kind of got up onto this log and and slinked off the other side, and you could see there's a long tail of this cougar. He goes, a big one. "Oh
0: my gosh, that tail is huge."
1: So yeah, he's down there, and he's just kind of pacing back and forth. I'd pick it, pick his eyes up to the right. And then back to the left, so I'd, I'd gotten my gun off, and I just took a shot in the air just to spook this thing out. So, I, you know, it was a 270. It, it made a big boom. It was loud. Um, and then, uh, yeah, sure enough, I'm, we're just standing there in a few more seconds, and now he's he's right over here. He hadn't moved at all. He just kind of moved over. And so I took another shot, and then he, lo and behold, he's just, like, pacing not not running away, just staying down in the same area, going back and forth. And you across the cannot launch. hear; no. it's
0: it's so quiet out there. Well, you and know you when, can't hear him walking.
1: You know when there's yeah, with snow, a fresh big blanket of snow too. I mean, cats are quiet, but coupled that with a bunch of snow and and yeah, it's 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 deafening out there, dead, just dead quiet. So, um, yeah. So he just kept going back and forth, and I shot three times, and that thing never never ran. So you know. Uh, after the last shot, we we're just like, well, we got we got to boogie up this trail. So. Ryan
0: goes, okay, I'm gonna make one more shot, and I by that time I'd had this other gun off my off my backpack. I was holding it, and I had that little skinny flashlight in my mouth because he had the headlamp, and I was in front of him. And he said, okay, when I shoot this next one, I just want you to go up the trail. <laughs> I just I mean this is a great way to get somebody to motivate them to go up switchbacks as fast as you can and like not even care about stopping i just started going and ryan was doing the you know the walking backwards back and forth looking 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 for quite a while we went around the edge of the switchback and I was just going and going like, and he finally says, okay, honey, let's take a break. Let's stop. And we like sat on this well, rock. And I I'm was like, just like, slow, okay.
1: you can slow it down. You're going <laughs> to, you're going to blow your heart out. Cause, um, yeah, she, you know, she had been dogging it up until that point. And then after the cat, yeah, she Woo, blew adrenaline up. Adrenaline does
0: amazing things for you, man.
1: Yeah. So next time, next time, uh, your hiking buddy is, is dogging it or slowing down or just not not keeping a good pace yeah yeah throw something out there like there's some cougar yeah that was a really
0: intense feeling uh i think for me because it's a bit of a helpless feeling in a way that it's dark and you can't hear the cat it's so quiet and you know he's down there and you ryan's like oh he's pacing oh i can see his tail and you're shooting and they're not even the cat's not even like phased by it and so it's this it's this real raw feeling of being um like in nature like you're kind of the hunted you know and i think this is a a a unique feeling for most people especially with a cat you know they're they're cats (laughs) and they're smart and they're quick and uh this one was looking for some food obviously he's looking for a deer you know or he was wondering who we were and what we were doing but
1: yeah the worrisome part about that was he didn't (laughs) run away at the shot you know usually you know a good cougar is one that just you know it sees you and it goes the other way just kind of like bears but yeah, for whatever reason, this one was not afraid, and he was not going anywhere. So that made it a little worrisome. That kind of jacked it up a few notches in the. Um...
0: I was like never so happy to see the Toyota in all my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a predator story.
1: Yep, yep. yep.
0: Okay, thanks, Scott. All right, the next question we're going to do is from Joseph. Joseph is. I'm not exactly sure where Joseph is from. He didn't say, but he had his question was related to uh, vitamins and he had his question was basically asking about taking a daily vitamin, vitamin quality, where you should get vitamins and what would be a standard daily regimen that somebody would take to just be overall healthy for vitamins and minerals and supplements. So that's a big question, but I'm just going to give a little bit of a synopsis on it. Um, The first thing about vitamins and supplements and all these things is they're not controlled like pharmaceuticals. Uh, They, anybody can start up a supplement company um, and a lot of the products are not tested and um, this is why in part uh, i i do believe in freedom of i i believe supplements should not be controlled like medications and pharmaceuticals just because that's going to take a ton away from the consumer you're going to have to get go to your doctor and get a medical prescription in order to get supplements i i don't i think that's a big disservice um but i do know that there's tons of companies out there that are just going cutting corners in order to get their product out because this is a multi-billion dollar industry it's a huge industry around the world i uh one of the jobs i've actually had as i worked I, I was a partner in a company where we brokered natural products to retail stores so if you walk into a vitamin shop or super supplements or gnc those stores are all retail brick and mortar stores we call them And all the products in that store, they basically convinced a buyer of that section to take their supplements on and put them on the shelf. Um, A lot of people will ask me, well, if it's good, why is it on the shelf? You know, there are some companies that are internet companies now that have amazing reputations in this industry. There's supplement companies that have amazing reputations. And you're not going to find them in every store. You're not going to find them when you walk into a GNC. You're not going to find them, you know, maybe you'll find them in a Cabela's or somewhere like this, but you'll find them mainly on the internet. And that's because it's super, super, super expensive to get vitamins or to get your product on a retail shelf. The amount of money that the company has to pay uh, for slotting fees, for marketing, and what the like GNC and vitamin shop are going to require of that company in order to push their product is huge so a lot of these companies that are in the retail stores they have huge budgets like their money that's going into their marketing their money that's going into um, keeping that product on the shelf is is really big and so some of these companies don't survive because they can't keep up with that well, the advent of the internet decreases that because you can go straight to the consumer and that cuts out that brick and mortar and all those costs that are related to that. There's kind of a balance in that. So good products, once they get really big, then they're going to have a reputation and a reputation is going to get you on store shelves faster as well. So that's that's changed the market a little bit. It used to be nobody knew who your product was and you had to get a name for yourself. By getting in retail, once you got in retail, you got a word for yourself. Now it's kind of opposite. If you have a really good reputation and people know who you are, then it's probably going to be easier to get on shelves. But it's so expensive to do that. Um, so I would say vitamins and supplements, you want to go with really reputable companies. P- companies that have GMP standards, they're controlling themselves. They're doing testing. Um, we like, you know, we use supplements that... Are more natu- natural based, you know, um, I'm just really picky about my supplements. When I work with patients, there's a number of companies that only sell to physicians. And so I'll use some of those companies because they also have really unique products that are maybe more specific to what somebody has. Like if you have very bad cholesterols or your blood sugars are off or this or that, there's there's products out there that are very specific to certain conditions. And usually the companies that are promoting to physicians, are going to create those products. Um, there are companies that are more, you know, if you're looking for a workout regimen base and you're looking for that, we work with some of those companies as well. But I would say a standard, like probably what we take on a standard day is, uh, you know, a good multi, multivitamin, multimineral. Um, I, like, I like fish oil, but I think the quality of fish oil is super important. And this is why I would say you want to buy your fish oils from either a, a high quality reputable company because fish oils can be rancid and stuff. Um, I think
1: I think a lot of the fish oils that are out there getting sold are actually rancid. Like they're not a good quality at all. So um, you yeah. Like, yeah.
0: And then uh, probiotic. We talked about, you know, like probiotics are in the gut restoration thing. Everybody's gut floor is kind of off. So probiotics are good. But again, probiotics are like fish oil, you want to be taking a product that's high quality, that has a number of strains in it. That's not just like acidophilus, you know. You it, and the other thing, probiotics are kind of expensive, so getting a high quality uh, probiotic is going to be better on your pocketbook and it's going to actually work. So that's another thing that I would do. Um, B twelve is a good one. Some in, in you know in the clinic we'll do uh, B twelve injections uh and you can also now do sublingual B12. B12 is good for nervous system. Uh you can take it under the tongue. Uh so B12 is another one that I like. And then I like like a branch chain amino acid and glutamine combination. Those are uh amino acids that feed muscle cells and help you to build lean muscle and burn fat. So I think that especially if you if you're doing performance stuff or exercise and you need recovery, I like just taking some, we, we use one, we just put it in our drink um, and like an electrolyte drink as well. So we're getting those minerals and we're getting those branched chain amino acids and glutamine. Um, yeah, and a lot of
1: a lot of companies have that in like a hydrate recovery mm-hmm. style. Now powder pack and stuff that are that are pretty awesome. So I'll use those a lot, especially for hunts and hikes and, and just working out. Um, you get a lot of branched chains in there and, and other things that are good.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're overall healthy, here's the other thing with vitamins. These are called supplements for a reason. You supplement. You, you're obviously, Ryan and I believe diet's key. So if your diet sucks and you're taking a bunch of supplements, it's it's kind of like wasting your money. You should be spending money on healthy food. Obviously, if you're hunting and you're providing your own meat, you're doing that. But the rest of your food should also be balanced. You should be getting lots of fiber, vegetables, you know, healthy fruits and keeping your sugars down and stop the soda and 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 out you know decreasing alcohol and all these things it and then taking a supplement with that it's just going to supplement you and if you're eating healthy you can also get by without taking supplements every day so maybe you're going to take your supplements when you're working out more when you're training more obviously if you're trying to build lean muscle and you're trying to bulk up and you're trying to make gains uh you got to eat i mean the rule of thumb with that is you work out and you eat a lot of food, okay? And you eat, you keep your metabolism just cranking. And then you usually have to supplement at that point because you have to be able to recover. The most important thing about exercise and building muscle is recovery. And if you're not eating enough food with healthy proteins and... I mean, just talk about the gut thing we've already gone through here. Your gut ain't working. You can take all the supplements, eat all this stuff. It's not going to work well. So that's another thing, you know? How are you using all this food and are you actually the supplements are going to be using those supplements so you know getting something straight in your life and actually by improving your diet that will improve your gut and that will allow you to build better muscle but you got to eat a ton of food you got to take supplements you got to sleep
1: well i think and i think with working out especially that's where a lot of these companies um you know their protein powders and, and whatnot are are awesome because you know say you you go to a gym and it's whatever 20 minutes 30 minutes from your house and you work out and um, I think the most important time uh, to kind of replenish your body is that first 20 minutes right after you've worked out, right? 20 minutes, 30 minutes. So that's where a shake is just perfect. You know, it's got all the right macros in it that you need to, to recover. And it's getting a, a nice quick shake in right after your workout or even before. Um, but after is super important. So, um,
0: well, I've I I did some, you know, bodybuilding, what do you want to call it, bikini competitions. I had to put on muscle. I'm I'm normally a skinny person. I'm not I'm kind of a skinny fat person. I'm not overweight. That's not really my genetic makeup and and just the way that I am. But when I had to build muscle, like I was eating six times a day. I was taking supplements. I was having to sleep. I and Tons you can do it. I mean, and then it's it's amazing what your body will do when you're doing that, right? Obviously, I'm not building like I was back then, so I don't eat that much. My tendency is not to eat that much. But what I tell my patients is if you can feed your metabolism with food the right way and the right foods, you can heal your body, you can build lean muscle, you can lose fat, you can decrease your inflammation. And then, you you know, using supplements and with that to, to help you. And then, you know, when you get to a healthy point and you're doing really well, you know, taking supplement vacations is good, too. You know, letting your body take a break from those. So but I would say the basics, you know, going with the basics every day or every other day and then just really dialing in your diet. Diet is everything. And um, <clears throat> that's kind of where I stand first on supplements. But supplement industry is an interesting Interesting industry.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to say I, I don't take them. I take them all the time. Um, especially like I say, with training and, and hunting, um, it's nice to have those, those recovery drinks and, uh, branch chain aminos. I think are maybe one thing that get overlooked a lot for guys in the back country. Uh, if, if five, six day, 10 day trips, if you're not using them, um, uh, man, you're just burning up your muscle. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of companies now I, I do a lot of the wilderness athlete stuff and, and they've got a lot of it in their recovery and, and hydrate and all that stuff. And, um, it definitely keeps you going. Uh, it'll push you up a hill and, uh, yeah, there's definitely huge advantages for that and, and also training.
0: I did drink, uh, Ryan has the, what is the pre-workout now from wilderness athlete? The new one, brute strength. Yeah, Is that their pre So I, before I went on a run, I'm trying right now to run cause I, saying I'm going to do the campaigns 5k in salt lake but I haven't run a 5k in like (laughs) 10 years so but I did the I think it's the brute strength pre-workout before I went for this run that I've been working on and I did the whole run there's a huge steep hill and I walk up that hill because I can't run up it but I did the whole run without stopping with the exception of walking up these this huge hill and I was so proud of myself so if if that pre workout did that for and me, it, then
1: and it, and it wasn't you; it was all the pre workout that got you up all the, the pre
0: workout and, and listening to uh, Joe Rogan's podcast that gets it me too. up the hill. Yep. Um. <clears throat> okay. So thank you for that, Joseph. Next question, Michael in Minnesota. Michael actually shared his granddaughter's picture with us on our uh, backcountry bars, we p- posted that on Facebook a while back. So that was fun to see. Uh, he also asked this question Ryan you're gonna have to answer this one he asked how okay so he's from Minnesota his email was that he went elk hunting in Colorado with a buddy and they never hunted Colorado before obviously terrain topography in Minnesota and Colorado is very different so his question is how in the heck do you read the wind when trying to get in on animals in drainages
1: all right. Um okay. So yeah, I guess Minnesota you probably don't have a whole lot of well, you've got wind, but it's probably more of a directional wind, which is pretty darn easy to pay attention to and, and recognize. Yeah, once you get to the hills of Colorado or any of these mountainous western states, you've got you've got a whole lot of different wind going on. You got thermals. And uh thermals are real easy. Um it, it's kind of just a general idea of, you know, cold sinks hot air rises right so in the mornings um typically what you're going to find uh minus a a directional wind is you're going to have you know thermals are going to be dropping off the mountain so typically you know you just kind of pay attention or know that um you know a lot of guys will use these little things to kind of determine the wind and which direction it's going powders talcum powders Uh, I use a lighter a lot of times, most of the time. It's just real simple. I always have it in my pocket. And, you know, you'll just start to recognize these things with more experiences. And that's, you know, in the mornings early uh, when you're out glassing, you know, thermals are dropping down, the cold air. And then, um, you know, there's a point mid-morning where it changes. You know, the mountain starts to heat up the sun and thermals start to rise up. And, And typically the rest of the day is you'll have those thermals coming up the hill. Now, there's always exceptions. Um, you know, with weather coming in or, or directional winds or whatever, but for the most part, that's that's pretty consistent. Now, it, 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 it there's like different areas. There's certain areas where I elk hunt where I I pray that I could get some type of a consistency for thermals, but there isn't. You know, there's so many variables. If there's a cold creek running down at the bottom of it, you know, you'll have a You'll have a thermal running right down the bottom of that creek and, and things will get all screwed up and, and goofy and um you just you're just always having to pay attention to wind so you're always checking your wind uh one thing that is probably that's probably one of the most important pieces um and i could see how uh maybe a guy from minnesota would totally not be recognized he wouldn't he wouldn't even think about that until he gets here gets here in the west and, and starts hunting these Because, yeah, winds change. Winds are um, something you definitely have to pay attention to. How
0: do you check your wind?
1: um, Yeah, with a lighter. Um, I use a lighter. You know, it's got a tall flame on it. Um, I just flick it, and it's obvious, pretty obvious which way the wind's blowing. Uh, Most guys, I think they'll use, you know, they got these little bottles with talcum powder in there, and, you know, you just puff Is it out. Is that up what
0: and, I've seen? I think I've seen Steve Vanilla on Meat Eater. Or some we were watching some show and somebody kept well, opening, lo- like flipping this thing and stuff would yeah, go out.
1: It's, it's talcum powder. Yeah, it's oh. just a powder that kind of you know goes up in the air and and it tells you which way the wind's blowing. So super simple, but uh, yeah, it, it's just something. There's not no real great answer. Uh, you just always have to pay attention to it. Uh, directionals are great because directionals. Um, you know, if they're coming from a certain direction consistently all day, you know where you're going to be going into that animal at. You know what direction to go, and you're not going to be all screwed up. But throughout the day, sometimes these thermals will change on you, especially, I don't know what it is about elk woods, uh, those high mountain basins sometimes. It just gets squirrely and, and wind busts you, it seems like, 99% of the time, and that's what messes up your, your stock or your hunt. But, um, yeah, for the most part, Uh, you know, hot air comes up, cold air goes down. So there's going to be a switch over in the evening when, you know, obviously the sun goes down, uh, starting to get cooler. All of a sudden your thermals are going to change. They're going to start dumping down, down draw and, uh, and it'll go the other way. So yeah, that's, that's, um, that's something that, you know, us Western hunters, we've just grown up with, we've always had to be aware of it. And, um, you know, typically on like say a mule deer hunt for me, An archery season. That's kind of how you play the game, right? You you spot that animal in the morning from a distance, and just knowing that that wind is probably going to be going down. Usually, we're at some type of a vantage point, you know, a lookout looking looking across in these draws, and and you find them, and and then you'll just kind of hold off and wait. Um, So you got to have some patience because typically you're not going to be able to make a play on that buck until the directionals or the, the sorry the thermals start coming up. Those bucks will bed down, you know, three quarters from the top or mid mid basin, and and once those thermals start coming up consistently, that gets you your your time to you know to get on top of them and come down on them when you got a consistent breeze um, or thermal. So it, you just kind of play it that way, and that's why most most bucks um, I think I've killed or, or it's always midday. You know, it's not in the mornings, it's not in the evenings, it's it's midday. Um, now that's more, you know, focused on just high mountain hunting, but it's not in every situation, but it's definitely very consistent for, uh, for us guys that go up and, and chase high country muleys uh, up on top of the mountain.
0: I think it's pretty cool. It's it's like getting aware of your surroundings, right? Like kind of becoming becoming one with the wind. You know, you're you're well. I'm you're... not becoming one with anything.
1: I'm just knowing <laughs> which way it's flowing. No, but
0: I I just like this. I just like that idea of becoming really aware aware of your surroundings and trying to figure it out. You know, it's kind of like a math problem. You're trying to figure out when's the right time, what's the right place, and yeah, boy, good. every single draw could be different. Right? Yeah, there's a
1: calculation there because you know, um, you know you, just picture yourself sitting on a ridge and you, you spot a buck off in the distance. Do you go right after that buck now when the wind's a little squirrely no. and take that chance? Well, I you say, don't. run, but,
0: run, run.
1: No, you don't. <laughs> I'm it, it, just kidding. So, I would never do. So, um, so no, you, you wait until you're going to give yourself the best opportunity. And that's when there's a consistent wind <laughs> or thermal. Um, if you're going over there when it's going back and forth. Yeah, it's just expect you're not going to get that animal. You're going to blow them out. And in my state, if you blow that animal out, it may be your only chance at ever seeing that buck again. You're gonna, you want to give yourself every every opportunity to get in on him and, and and make it right the first time. And and hopefully it only takes one. But uh yeah, if you go in just kind of hoping for the best, uh I found it typically does not work. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to be yeah, you have to calculate it. Um, you know and if you got more days to burn obviously if it's a risk a high risk of not getting in on that animal because squirrely winds and just back off and and hopefully it'll happen another day he'll put himself in an area where we're going to get a shot at him
0: is there is there always wind of some sort
1: most part yeah there's always a somewhat of a thermal slightly Mm -hmm. up slightly down um yeah for up in the high country definitely Mm -hmm. It, it gets it gets still but uh for the most part there's always a um definitely a flow to it up or down
0: Hmm. cool i learned something i didn't know there
1: well you've never been on a backcountry high hunt one of these days you're gonna have to do it
0: (laughs) i'm gonna have to go be (laughs) one i've been out in the mountains up there but i just not hunting so maybe someday yeah okay next question we have Arnold. Again, I'm not sure where Arnold's from, but uh, Arnold Old Bear he calls himself and his buddies most called him that too. He's 67 years old. He sent us an email and his question was uh, to Ryan, how do you get your wife to agree to your solo hunts? Can you help me answer this question so that I can put my mi- my wife's mind at ease? <laughs> 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 and so uh how do, what, what was it
1: how do i get how do you get your
0: how do you get your wife to agree to your solo hunts okay
1: how do i get you to agree to my solo hunt okay well um this is how i do it uh just <laughs> just before the season i uh i make sure i i buy her lots of flowers and i <laughs> i make sure the, the lawn has been mowed like down to dirt
0: i always you know. know when a hunt trip's coming because like Within forty-eight hours, like boom, like all this stuff is done, and I could be asking him for a month to do it, he'd be like, oh, "I'll get to it." It get just to it. feels then like, like boom, it's right. done. It, Are it's, you going somewhere?
1: It feels like once it's all done, and you cannot look around the house or the yard or whatever, there's nothing she can complain about at this point. Everything's oh, been I taken could always care complain of. About it. <laughs> Every little chore and task has been done, and that's 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 <clears throat> the August work. That's just how it works. But mm-hmm. um, no, seriously, so. Gosh. That is a tough one. Uh, I think I think obviously, you know, putting your 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 wife's mind at ease, um sounds like he he's a bit older, so she might have cons- some concerns, safety concerns, I'm guessing. Um I think I think there's some technology out there that can kind of uh, you know, alleviate some of that. Uh I, what I use is I use that Delorm Delorm Reach and it's that's just like um you know, peace of mind. I can, I have it with me back there because I solo hunt a lot. And, uh, and even if you're not solo hunting with a buddy, it, it's still nice to have because if you, somebody breaks a leg or somebody has some type of a disaster, you can SOS that thing and, and folks will know exactly where you're at. And they'll also be able to, you know, track you down if you're hurt And, and you can also send texts, you know, it's a subscription based product that you pay a monthly fee for. You get so many texts every month. And, um, and so, you know, yeah, if you're, if you're bored, if you're just want to check in, you know, give your wife some peace of mind, your loved ones or whatever, you can just text them and say, all right, everything's good. I'm not dead yet. I know you haven't heard from me in five days, but I'm still alive and still, still traipsing around the mountain. So that's one piece of uh, technology that, that I've gone to. I didn't used to, cause it was extra weight, but there really is a huge advantage to having it, um, you know i've been super lucky and never had a bad injury in the back country or you know never had any even threat of it so uh but there's it, it always a risk you know climbing through scree fields and and the risk of injury up there could be pretty high but um yeah i think i think most importantly is is uh you know just i don't know if your lady or guy is is not super okay with you doing it i think the one thing is you just got to make sure you communicate why you're doing it why what's important about it what what you're getting out of it and how that's, uh, you know, how that's benefiting you. You know, for me, it's, um, that's kind of my retreat, I guess, in the year, get to go up and, and kind of rejuvenate. Um, I get a lot out of hunting. It's, it's, it's something that's just always, you know, I've always been into, it's been built into me and, and I get a lot out of it every year and I come back a happier, happier dude. So I think explaining that, you know, maybe if it's not communicated they might not understand it they might not know what you're going to get out of it and what you know it it's a it's a pretty cool um you know adventure out there to be able to do and if you've never done it uh, man you're just missing out so i think uh i think your other half you know should just be you know made aware of, of the advantages and you know they're going to get some advantages too when you come home a happier guy
0: yeah, I mean, Arnold's, you know, stated in his email that he's a fairly healthy guy, doesn't really have any problems. But I think that's another key, right? If you do have problems, you're not taking care of yourself, you're overweight, your knees are bad, you know, and telling your wife you want to go on a solo hunt where you might go have a heart attack out in the middle of nowhere. You know, she's she probably has a justifiable sure. beef with you. And I, I think
1: one one other but, thing that, you know, that Arnold might do, uh, he could also make sure that he, you know, if he doesn't know, you just got Try to find a guy that can go with you. That's maybe a little younger, um, pretty good shape, or had some had a lot of experience back there. Um, and, and doesn't
0: want to talk to you.
1: <laughs> and so Ryan you know,
0: likes those. Just don't talk to me.
1: Well, somebody who can help you if you get hurt. You know, yeah. somebody that she trusts. That you know, she's like, okay, so he's with somebody that that can help or, or go get help or, or these type things. So that that'd be one thing. Maybe maybe a solo trip isn't the right trip for you. Maybe you going in with a buddy or two might give her a little more peace of mind.
0: I think too. You know, we're talking about age here, but I think I I feel in general that a lot of women don't understand it, and they never have. You 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 could you know Arnold may have been with his wife for forty forty fifty years, and she may still she still does not understand his desire to hunt. And it comes down to a struggle every hunting season. I mean, I know all too well about this. Actually, I just published a blog a couple weeks ago on our website called uh, My Husband's Mistress. And it's really my story of coming to grips with being with somebody who has this passion and this need and this desire. Um and sometimes in our relationships, we do things, especially when we're young or younger, we don't think about the other person as much, you know. And So Ryan and I had had this situation happen when we were just newly married. And for some psychological reason, it just scarred me and hunting. Hunting just became this, it just became this mistress that I always felt like I was losing to every fall. Even though I loved backcountry stuff, I loved hiking, I loved fly fishing, you know, we... We did all of these things together mountain biking, skiing, but it was something about hunting. Partially cuz I didn't hunt. I also think I had a lot of preconceived notions about hunting, the way I was raised about hunting, like all these these things that were put in me and then the way that I looked at I looked at it and I could easily love Ryan, but I I had this thing with hunting. I didn't love hunting and I I had to actually sit down at one point cuz we were having problems in our marriage over it and just say why do I hate this so bad and and this is what the blog was about It's basically my story of coming to that and I I think there's women I think there's millions of women out there who have spouses and the, the woman doesn't hunt she doesn't hunt she doesn't understand it and she feels left at home and she feels neglected and she feels like she's not being heard and maybe she feels like she's not getting to do the things she wants with her life and she's staying home with the kids and she has a job and she has all these responsibilities and you know, she doesn't get to just run off into the mountains and be alone and get that time to herself ever. And so there is, I think, a reciprocation that has to go on. If the man wants to do something he really wants to do, there needs to be a reciprocation on the woman's half as well. So, you know, maybe Arnold's wife is just purely concerned about his safety, but maybe Most there's, likely. yeah, And yeah, but you know, there might be a deeper reason too. So I see this more in the younger generation, the guys that want to hunt and their girlfriends don't get it and I mean they end up like whole relationships get ruined over it and uh so I think that's a topic too you know why why you know the bigger question the deeper question that I think in a lot of cases we just don't want to talk about but the deeper question is why do you need to go what is it in you that needs that and what is it in me that can't support it and maybe if you can talk through that question Maybe it'll get a little bit easier, you know. But I would definitely get the DeLorme. Jeez, Ryan and I have spent, we spent like 15, 16 years together with hunting. There was no DeLorme. It was like, see you later. If I don't show up on this day, give me three days. And if I don't show up then, this is maybe the area I'm in. I can't tell him any hunting trips. He comes home. I said, oh, were you here? No, uh, I couldn't find anything. So I drove this other area. So I had no idea where he was. I would have had no idea. Now, Joey might have known because I notice on the DeLorme I'll get a text like once every three four days like you guys okay everybody okay I'm here okay great and i will come over hey did you talk to Ryan yeah I got a text last night yeah 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 so him and Joey are doing this talking and he's letting me know he's alive and he's good and and that's good and that's enough for me you know I'm but back in the day it was see you later I'll be home on this day maybe and if I'm not Give me another three to five days because this is how Ryan hunts. He goes in, he finds an animal, he tracks for six days. He's going to get home 10 days later. When he should have been home, he probably saw two or three or four or five bucks that he could have gotten before that. He could have been home day three, but he gets home day 12. So I know that about him now and I don't get as upset about it now well, <laughs> as I used to. It's, it's
1: easier now for a new guy. It's going to be a tough sell. I mean, you know, um, I've just... Like I said, I've been real lucky and fortunate to not have any major, anything bad happen, any major, you know, injuries or, <laughs> or screw up. And I've been pinned down up there with I've weather. I've heard a but
0: few stories of, oh, yeah, I almost fell off that cliff or I slid down that rock chute. Oh, I don't, I was like, I don't want to hear about this. Yeah. And you're here. You, you've survived it.
1: Yeah. It takes well, a lot I mean, of risks. we're careful. We're, we're super careful up there. We're not dumb. We, we know there's the, there's a risk. So, you know, um i i think i'm overly careful i really watch my footsteps and and where i'm going um yeah you take a few chances here and there but for the most part you know especially when you're solo uh boy you're i know for me anyway when i'm by myself i'm i'm cautious because i know there's there's no you know i don't want to be uh sleeping on the mountain with you know i might be spiked out five miles from my my even tent so i know i know how important it is to be careful and um I think most people kind of go into it with that as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there's a, uh, there's definitely for, for guys like Arnold being, being super clear about why you're going to go do it. What, what's drawing you into the mountains? What do you want to get out of it? Um, just let, yeah, let her know what, why, why, why you're doing this, um, for adventure and how it's going to help you and benefit you. And I, I think that's why most of us do it. And, you know, you just come back a happier, you know, more clear person overall for me.
0: I also feel that the longer that you do the things that you love, the younger you can stay. So, you know, I know that when Ryan's in his 60s,
1: he's going to want to
0: be doing this stuff. I, If I said, you know, unless something was really wrong with him, I, I wouldn't be able to tell him he couldn't do it just because he's in his 60s. You know, I mean, things change. There's no doubt about it. I remember the days when... He was never going to sleep in a tent. He was always, yeah, I mean, he's just like, he's changed because we've gotten older, but I, I know that I know, and I've seen this in my patients. I've seen it just with people stay healthier when they get their outlets, no matter what age they are. So yeah, it's important to have that. Yeah. Okay. Last question. Chad sent us an email. He sent us a couple emails actually, but Chad, I'm not sure where Chad lives either. Uh, this question is the this will be our last question for this show and it's kind of the big open-ended question Ryan can answer it and maybe I'll try to answer it too a little bit but Chad asks uh, I'd love to hear from folks like you who seem to have a lot going on with work kids outdoor recreation and a relationship to maintain and the topic of time management I'm often overwhelmed and with stuff juggling everything around, and we don't even have kids yet, how do you manage your time?
1: <laughs> oh boy! Eh? Um, boy, am I supposed to have a good answer for that? Because uh, <laughs> that's there. I honestly, I don't know that there's a secret to that question. I don't know that there's there's an answer I could give. It's a struggle. It's just it just is. I don't think it. There's any way around it. Um, I don't know anybody who. Has kind of magically figured out that that thing that makes everything easier, easy, easy. I guess with struggling with work, family, um, time think, restraints. This I and that. think
0: everybody's different. I think it has a lot to do with your personality, how well you're able to manage your personality for one, your thoughts for another, what you have to do in reality. You know, a lot of people have ideas that they want to do, and they just. When you add kids into the mix, it's going to change everything. So if you don't have kids right now, like, whoa, like enjoy that, like revel in that. Ryan and I look at each other, we're like, what the heck did we do before we had kids? Our life must have been so like all this free time.
1: It's hard to have like um, a calendar and say, all right, I'm going to go on this day and it's going to be a five day trip or whatever. Because inevitably, you know, kids get sick or something crazy crops up. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really bad about. And probably a great answer would be get everything calendared out well ahead of time. But I'm terrible at doing that. I'm so like, what? That's so your that's answer? Me. That doesn't happen. I just kind of, you know, it happens as it happens. And, okay, the weather's good. Everything looks good. Business is good. I'm going. Um, which probably is a horrible answer for that question. But it's it's just, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know if there's any real good secret to managing well, everything to without a- just... <gasps>
0: when it comes to a hunting trip he's got those down like i i know the big trips that mm-hmm. he's going to take and he may take smaller trips and so we do have the fall i would say the fall is actually the most time managed because i understand what he's going to be doing and i understand yeah and we we
1: plan trips accordingly like she knows when i'm going to be on you know a certain hunt if i get a big hunt 10 day hunt um she'll go do her own thing she'll take the kids and she'll go see her mom in montana or or go do something else somewhere mm, else and go to um, Colorado. Yeah, yeah, so we'll kind of coordinate that and that's just what happens these days. And so that works out really well.
0: I think when I say about personality too, uh Ryan is much more he's much more of a present dweller. He uh he doesn't live in the past at all. Uh he doesn't really live in the future either. He's kind of a present dweller. He lives <laughs> in the present moment. Um so you know, our, our frustration and conversation tends to happen where I'm I am a future dweller and this is probably what got me through med school got me through a lot of things in my life because I don't live in the past either uh, and I'm not very good at living in the present I'm always looking forward and what's gonna get me to the next step and I'm a future dweller and I think that's really important when you're trying to plan things when you are trying to set goals it's important but if you're not living in the present If you live with somebody who lives in the present and can't see in the future, except for hunting season, um, it's a real struggle. And the other thing about living in the future all the time is that your mind is constantly going. I'm also one of these people that has a million ideas a minute. Ryan has to tell me, stop with the ideas one thing at a time. He can do one thing at a time. He's very good at research. He's very patient, if you haven't already learned that about him, just even with his hunting style. He's very, very, very annoyingly patient. I am like, jump off the cliff and hope there's a net. And Ryan's like, "Uh, I don't really see a net down there. I don't think it's smart to jump off that cliff. And so when it comes to time management you do have to work on your strengths and you also have to work on your weaknesses and and I would say that for us with kids and we have our own jobs, I have a business, he runs a business. We've taken on this project. He has hunting season. I mean, I have things I want to do, uh kids activities, family. You really need to have I think for us it's just having a good community around you that helps support you you know, and, and helps you manage these things. But you, you just learn. You just go with it. And then you learn, like, I do need to slow down. I do need to live a little more in the present. I need to um, focus more on the things that matter. And this is what I'm really learning in my life is when, when you're always goal-oriented and you're going to get somewhere, um, you're not really living in the moment and you're not really appreciative for what you have now. And that, to me, is... Like, today, I just listened to the... Uh, Last night, today, I listened to uh, Joe Rogan talk to Gary um, Vaynerchuk. And if you don't know him, you should. He's just an entrepreneurial guy. And he's like busy, man. He's just billionaire buying businesses and doing all this stuff. But he's talking about like being grateful, like looking at your life and just realizing the rare chance of you even being here is huge. And that you should just, you know, be more grateful about your life and be happy about your life. And don't complain because you know what like complaining doesn't get you anywhere and i'll admit man i've been a complainer in the past because i'm always wanting to get to the next place i want to get there i want to get there i want to get there so for me time management these days is really learning to be more present and being okay with not being in a hurry
1: yeah yeah i
0: and then getting ryan i think just
1: understanding it's going to be a juggle a little bit faster yeah i'm sloth like but um (laughs) Yeah, understand it's gonna be a struggle. It's gonna be a, a juggling act, especially with kids. It, it always is. But um, you know, if you love something enough, like say hunting or hiking or doing these kind of adventure trips, uh, you're gonna find a way to do it and it's gonna all work out. But
0: And make um, it a family affair. You know, when we started train to hunt, I mean train to hunt changed our life. Because it brought me into a culture of people that I was just hanging out with Ryan and his family. I like guy I didn't I had no, I didn't know all these guys that backcountry hunted and did this stuff. Now it's like I went to train to hunt. I met all these amazing people. I met their wives. I met their kids. Yeah,
1: I've been trying to explain how cool other hunters are for years, <laughs> but until she actually got immersed in it and started real, realizing, oh man, these guys are cool. They're, they're they're laid back and they're smart. They're you know they're they're super family oriented. They're just great guys. Um, yeah, it definitely changed her view of the hunting lifestyle and, and folks out there that are doing it. Not just me. Yeah,
0: I had this conversation with a colleague of mine a couple of days ago. I said, if you would have told me 10 years ago... Remember, I live in the future, so I'm always thinking 2, 5, 10 years ahead. Like, If you would have told me 10 years ago that I'd be doing a podcast and writing recipes and doing a website for hunters, I would have laughed my liberal ass off at you. I would have been like, what? No way. Even though my husband was a hunter. I mean, this is literally this was the difference in our life, right? I, I didn't like hunting, and you can read my blog on that, blah, blah, blah. But if you would have told me that, I would have laughed at you. And now, I'm just excited about this. I mean, like, I just, I don't even want to go to my job anymore. I just, I just want to stay here and do this stuff. And the people that I've met, the quality of people that I've met, is just amazing. And the only reason that's happened, it's not like these people didn't exist before. It's because... I opened up my mind and I opened up myself to this and Train to Hunt kind of did that for us and I saw the value that this brought into Ryan's life and by that bringing value to his life, it brought value to our life and it took me 20 years to see that. So, you know, time management sometimes is getting comfortable with your problems, your issues, your complaints, your things that are holding you back. And you start working with someone you love. Like we started working together and you start trying to figure these things out and you start learning your weaknesses and and then you meet other great people that are doing other great things and you you let go of your misconceptions about how people you think people are. And this is also the biggest thing I'm learning right now about this whole political state right now. Like open your mind, people. Just open your mind, right? Like have conversations with people that are different than you. Like, try loving somebody who is, like, complete opposite than you. Damn, that is, like, a life lesson right there, right? And that's why I'm here. We're doing this, and I'm doing this with Ryan. He's not doing this by himself because, you know, I opened my mind to that. So, yeah, I kind of went on a tirade there, babe. Sorry.
1: Yeah, you did. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. But, no.
0: Don't get too deep. You see what happens. You start getting deep. Ryan starts to... Uh, yeah. glossing over
1: yeah i start thinking about researching for uh what tags i'm putting in oh, for geez
0: anyways that's our question chad hopefully that answers some of it for you um yeah so those are just a few of the questions that we've gotten asked we'll probably do one of these podcasts frequently to go over questions it's fun to to do some of these uh Again. Yeah, that was just a few
1: of them. Sure, get a lot of them. It's pretty cool. I like I like getting these questions, and um, you know, I try to respond as much as possible. I'm just I'm, I never I had no idea I was going to get so many. Um, They've just been flooding in as of late, so it's pretty cool. Really like uh, talking to folks and seeing where their mind's at and what they're interested in. So,
0: yep. Okay, don't forget. Uh, hopefully, we might see you at the Western Hunting Expo and Ryan at uh, his debut talk in April one at Sporco. Otherwise, uh, okay. Have a great week.
1: Hey, folks! Thanks for listening to the Hunt Harvest Health podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Any comments, ideas, suggestions? Uh, feel free to shoot us an email at lambers@thehunter.com. That's S D H. Or go to our website at huntharvesthealth.com. Um, you can also follow us on instagram at stealthy hunter or at doc hillary feel free to message me as well through instagram as uh, i do really enjoy answering any questions related to gear hunting uh, food or you name it tag your photos as well if you like at hunt harvest health or get stealthy as we'd love to see what you guys are up to thanks see you next time